The German government is thrown into chaos, and we're discussing what Chancellor Merkel can do next. Plus, the FCC throws out net neutrality. Is it going to cost you more to listen and watch this show? And just why is the Justice Department in the middle of the AT&T-Time Warner merger? Uh, We're going to talk about all that and more. It's Tuesday, November 21st. Welcome to The Political Beat. You're tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey guys, welcome to AfterBuzz TV's The Political Beat, the millennial show and podcast, uh, breaking down the latest in Washington politics and news from around the country and the world. Happy Thanksgiving week. Oh, we happy Thanksgiving week. Week. Because sometimes you just need a week to get to the point where all the food, you got to prep the mind uh, to get the Thanksgiving day. And the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, no yes. plug there. <laughs> Not that I work for them or anything. Uh, I'm your host, Drexel Hurd, uh, the semi-moderate voice of the left. You can follow me on social media, at Drexel Hurd. And I'm Chelsea Galicia, the lefter of the left voices of the show. You can follow me at Chelsea Galicia, and you can follow the show at Political Beat TV. Yes, Chelsea, as it is uh, Thanksgiving week, uh, yesterday, Monday, Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders made the White House Press Corps say what they were thankful for before they asked her a question. They had to say what, like, that's the only way they could ask her a question. So, uh, like, one of my favorites, yeah, it was crazy. One of my favorites uh, uh, was, I'm thankful for the First Amendment. That came from the ABC uh, Senior News White House correspondent, uh, Cecilia Vega. Uh, So what, 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 Chelsea, what do you think, before we can even move on with the show? (laughs) Oh, no. What are you What are you thankful for? Wow, okay. I'm thankful for you, Drexel. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for you. Actually, I was going to say that I'm actually thankful that we're doing this show, that we actually get to do this show, and that people um, are listening and watching uh, every week. So we definitely... And hopefully uh, they can keep doing that, even after net neutrality right, is no longer a right. thing. If, if, you, if, you, if you have to pay for us, we will find a way to get you the information you need uh, before Donald Trump... Uh, you know, has takes his, over like takes state over. control of the state media. Control. And then- well, he's already got Fox News, so he's just going to start taking over. Sinclair Media is going to start <gasps> taking over. Uh, we'll talk about Sinclair in a little bit, but it's, it's getting a little crazy. Uh, first up on the show, we've got a couple of headlines that we're discussing, um, and and then we're going to just talk about what's happening across the pond in Germany um, and the fight that Angela Merkel is facing. And then our tech world. I mean, it doesn't even feel like it's tech. It feels like everyday, like, air, oxygen, and internet. We're going to talk about what's going to happen to the net neutrality rules and why they're changing. And and the Justice Department uh, blocking a big merger. And I I have a feeling we're probably going to be on different sides of this. So I can't wait for that discussion. I don't know about that, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, Don't forget, open enrollment is set through December 15th, uh, just a few days away. And sign-ups, like we've always been saying, are continuing to break records um and then also december 5th is our year in review show with the trump report uh so be sure to tune in right here or if you're listening you can listen to both they're going to be back-to-back shows uh we're starting to build the show right now it's going to be a lot of fun so if you have some of your favorite political moments of the year be sure to leave them in the comment section or tweet at us um or find a way to get to us (laughs) Uh, and share those thoughts. Um, so let's start with uh, some of the things that are going on um, around the country in the headlines for today. Um, one thing that I really, I mean, we live in California, so and, and I feel like sometimes we talk a lot about California, but California is always doing like 
leading on certain things, um, whether or not it's with progressive uh, values and policies, um, or in this case, sometimes sexual harassment suits that are coming down uh, from the California state legislature. But in this case, um, CBS News and other outlets are reporting that uh, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti is considering a run for president to challenge Donald Trump in 2020. Um, Eric Garcetti wouldn't be the first mayor to run for president. We know that Mayor uh, what, Rudy Giuliani and, and for, a lot of former mayors have run for president, but he could be the first to run and actually win. Um, I don't think people realize that L.A. is bigger in population than 21 states That's in the nation. Amazing. I had no idea. Yeah. And uh, Eric Garcetti uh, won the last election with 81% of the vote. Now, you know, sometimes we always say the 81% of the vote even when voter turnout is low, like you could still win a lot, you know, but in this case, 81 percent is, is pretty large. Um, Garcetti was once rumored to be in consideration for governor and the U.S. Senate um, if Dianne Feinstein had not run for reelection. Uh, California politics is the internal uh, California politics is really funny, at least being on that side of it. Um, and when Kevin DeLeon announced that he was running um, against Dianne Feinstein, I think that made Garcetti have to go a different way since hmm. he had already, since he wasn't going to run for governor because, you know, you've got Gavin on one end and John Chung on another end and, and, and you know, those are the two candidates. So Garcetti did not have a way into the governor's race. Um, Kamala Harris is not going anywhere anytime soon. And so he looked at Dianne Feinstein's seat, I believe, and then Kevin DeLeon got into the race. So then the only way that he could go is for President of the United States. So, and I have my doubts about how well that's going to go. I mean, I think so much of the country hates L.A., and the idea that the whole country will be like L.A. is going to be a hard pill for people. people to swallow. And so, I mean, as he is great in a lot of right. um, senses, but I don't think him jumping on the national stage at this point is going to go so well. It's going to be interesting because he's doing a lot of small trips, uh, he was in Iowa. He was in New Orleans. He was in New York. He's working with mayors across the country, and that's how he's trying to get his face out there. And he's not doing the traditional Iowa, New Hampshire. I mean, even though he was in Iowa, but he was there for someone. He was there yeah. with Pete Buttigieg um, um, uh, in his city in South Bend, Indiana. So he's doing he's laying the groundwork with mayors across the country and doing the city route and doing the smaller route instead of going to some of these bigger places like Iowa, New Hampshire. Like and he's going to say and probably rightly so, that he went around and created a coalition of mayors oh, yeah. that agreed to implement the Paris Agreement when Trump ag wouldn't sign on to it. And so that will be his big thing of look at how well I can bring people together and such. But a lot of people don't give up rats behind about the Paris Climate Agreement and if a mayor can get other cities to follow it. I think the as I'm understanding, the Republican voters right now, they don't care about that, and I don't think they'll be impressed by it. No. I, I think it's great, but I, I don't see the country swinging from Trump to Garcetti. No. I mean, they might swing back from Trump to Kamala. Sure. But they certainly won't go Trump-Garcetti. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what Eric Garcetti has to offer. I mean, he's great here in Los Angeles, um, but, uh, you know, he would have to face Kamala Harris in a primary if she decides to run in 2020. Um, not only her, but Elizabeth Warren. Um, uh, you know, if Bernie Sanders decides to jump into the race wherever he is, you know, he's got to, he's got some hurdles to jump um, to get to that. But that does not mean that he cannot do that. Um, across the pond. <laughs> A big pond. Big pond. 
We don't get a, talk, a chance to talk about not 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 a, a huge ocean like Puerto Rico is away from the United States. Which Puerto Rico is still without power right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're we're like you know two months from this thing and and this hurricane and um, you know we don't hear about it enough and we don't talk about it enough and, and Puerto Rico is still um, without power and, and while the Republicans wow. are are haggling over giving tax cuts to uh, wealthy donors, I think um, the uh, Pod Saves America uh, this week. Their 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 um, episode yesterday was called the Donor Appeasement Act of 2017. Oh yeah, which is that what this good. tax bill um, is all about. So mm-hmm. you know, if you are listening to the stuff that's coming in this tax bill, and you live in a red state or um, a blue state for that matter, um, you know, you got to get on the phone with your congressperson and say, or at least your senator at this point, because it's in the Senate at this point, um, and say, look, this is not going to work for us. Uh, but what did not work in Africa <laughs> was Zimbabwe's uh, Robert Mugabe resigned today after an almost four-decade rule. He started in 1980. Um, he originally refused to step down because he's a, basically a dictator and uh, he was not about that life. And, uh, and he refused to step down in a televised address. Um, he had been expelled from his political party on Sunday and was facing impeachment charges for obstruction after, <coughs> excuse me, after firing his vice president, uh, who was set to be his successor, successor in, uh, in favor of his wife. So he wanted to put his wife in that spot. Hmm. Yeah, that that wasn't going to work the for family. the for the nation uh, and for dictatorship the dictatorship nepotism. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, things are looking like you know. So States. I, I, you know, you see a, a decades, you know, four decades old, you know, dictator um, steps down, and I see celebration in the streets, and then I'm reading all these articles about the men who are next in line aren't great. Right. I, I mean. They're not even good. So I, I'm i a little excited for them because there's, you know, all sorts of new possibilities and whatever was going on. They have a new um, person to approach their issues. But I can, on the other hand, it doesn't look like there's going to be some great leader who's going to um, provide opportunity and the expansion of opportunities um, to the you know the lower class, and that's it's the same thing in this country as it is in all. Is the distribution of wealth gets way out of whack, and we would hope that the next leader would find a way to make things more fair. But it doesn't appear that any such person is on the horizon. Right, but and, and if you look at at African nations, the you know especially when a leader steps down, the likelihood of a military leader stepping into that role is far greater. Um, in countries like that because the military does have a stronghold on African nations. Um, And right now, as far as I understand, like Mugabe fired the nation's nation's top military commander in addition to firing his vice president, fired the military commander, which prompted this, you know, this impeachment for the most part. Um, And so it seems like the military does have a significant influence um, on – what goes on? Apparently, people have been really unhappy with him in the last ten years, and I guess it's once you mess with the military, you're, you're done. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't you know he's like massacring a bunch of people all over. Well, that didn't that didn't phase them. You know, it's kind of like the Donald Trump. I could shoot anybody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and not have to worry about it. Um, and, and and so if people are he literally, I mean, not Fifth Avenue, right? I mean, yeah, in, yeah, in Zimbabwe. But you know, if you if you look at if, like hearing stories like this. 
and looking at how other nations, how we have fought other nations like Zimbabwe's uh, and leadership like that, and looking at uh, Bashar al-Assad and, and and just 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 leaders like that, and then looking at Donald Trump and hearing the same rhetoric um, that he has that that's similar to these guys is crazy to me. Um, that we have not somehow as a nation, like, been like, oh, wait a second. I, I don't think enough of us have, I, I don't think anybody here knows who, not everybody, I'm sure there's very informed viewers and listeners, but I don't think most Americans know who Bashir al-Assad was. I didn't know until I was watching this documentary about how he's literally dropping bombs on this little place called Nuba, and there's a one American doctor in the whole village that takes care of the people after they get bombed. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. It, the heart of Nuba, if you want to, like, cry your eyes out and see the evilness of one man, look that up. But if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't know. So we wouldn't – I wouldn't know – I don't think people know that they should be listening to other world leaders and then compare them to ours and say, hmm, we know that that is a murderous dictator and he's sounding a whole lot like my president. Right. Hmm. Maybe we have a problem. Yeah, especially when you got Donald Trump saying that that he would love to be uh, controlling the FBI, you know, and the Justice Department. Like he's mad that he can't get uh, involved in that stuff. And you're like, why would you want to be involved in that stuff? Is the first question. Like, don't are, you have enough on your right? Plate? Exactly. Well, at least you should, but. We know that um, he does not. So uh, Mugabe was the world's oldest head of state and, uh, you know, and, you know, like I said, he was responsible for the massacre of thousands of civilians and handouts to allies and silencing dissenters, which sounds a lot like what's happening in this country right now. Well, wait, who's killed thousands of, I mean, we have killed thousands of civilians, but I meant in the other last countries. Two. Sorry, hands out, handouts to allies and silencing uh, dissenters yeah. is something that yeah, is happening. We also country. kill thousands of civilians, but we do, we it, do it behind, but, you know. And not in America. Not on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not on American soil. We're, I think right now we're doing it in, I've heard, well, seven countries, as I understand it right now. Yeah. That's how we do it. And terrible. Um, continuing around the world, and, and, and so we were starting this show, and Stephen, our engineer, had said, oh, I'm really excited for you guys to talk about Germany, because we don't talk enough. I mean, we, you know, we talk at the beginning of the show how we talk about things around the world, but we don't talk enough about things that are happening around the world. So uh, in September, Angela Merkel won her fourth term as chancellor of Germany, uh, but her Christian Democratic Union lost 65 seats in their legislative body, uh, which is called Bundestag, and I'm probably saying that incorrectly. Uh, with The, the far- name of this thing is just the tip of the iceberg in the complexity of what they have. I mean, I complain about our two-party system, yeah. but holy gejeebers, having a 42 42- party system I, i'm making up that number 42 but they've got a lot yeah the far right party uh, afd um took 92 of this so they have 709 seats like we have 535 seats between congress between the house of representatives and the united states senate they have 709 seats in one legislative body that's a lot of that's a lot of uh people uh to form a government an elected chancellor must have an absolute majority uh, more than half of the votes in parliament to be elected and hopefully enough of the seats from their party in the le- in the legislative body and merkel's uh christian democratic union uh did not do that in the last election uh so she has to form coalition 
or at least she has an attempt to form a coalition based on policy, uh, leadership, etc. Not only to elect a new chancellor, but for them to actually even get anything, get even things started. Yeah. They yeah. can't even do anything unless Angela Merkel figures out how to. So she's got to find three other parties to, to join, join together. together. Yeah, um, and apparently the talks are breaking down over things like immigration. Right. Um, people really pissed off that she allowed a, a million refugees in. Um, yeah, Brexit. Right. You got um, the European Union. But, but it's all it's a lot about, you know, I, I was reading uh, the Times article and a part there was a Times article about this, a few Times articles about this, actually. And it talked about how we're in the moment in history globally, not only in the United States, but globally, where right now in Germany, everything's kind of like. They've been the majority party has pretty much ruled for a long time. There's not been a lot of back and forth on policy, and they haven't had a lot, a lot of debate. But now, people crave friction so much that they they want like it's good to have dissenters. It's good to have op- an opposition party because that keeps people thinking. You know, well, keeps things re- in check. Things, yeah, and so in this case, Germany hasn't really had to go through that. But when you've got the wrong people getting elected, in this case, the AFD, the, the far right party, um, and, they, and they can't even get, you know, and they can't even get, uh, you know, Merkel's party is the more conservative party. And she's trying to form her government with the Greens and the and the uh, free Democrats, which are like the liberal Democrats and the Greens, who are the environmentalists and the conservatives are trying to join with them. And to push out the far right. Uh, uh, and so far, it's not working. It's not working. Talks have broken down. And so the options are to have another election. Yeah. Um, or, or what? She just she can, steps down because she doesn't. She says she doesn't want to rule with a minority. Right. So she can either rule. She doesn't want to. I guess it just sounds dictatorship ish to say rule. She doesn't want to be chancellor with just a. Minority, minority party and not be able to get anything done. So, like I said, she was they were trying. She was trying to form a, a coalition with the Greens and the Free Democrats, but it looks like she wants the Social Democrats, which own 153 of the 709 seats, to form this grand coalition together with her conservative uh, uh, Christian Democratic Union, and they have no interest in forming the government. And the only way they'll form the government with the other party, with the Christian Democratic Union, is if Merkel steps down. Uh-huh. And so they don't plan on doing that anytime soon. Um, she could try to form a government with a minority party, which, like you said, she doesn't want to do. Um, and then the um, extreme situation would be new elections, complete fresh right. new elections from the ground up. Um, and the German constitution, which is called the basic law for the Federal Republic of Germany, provides several procedural hurdles that would ensure prolonged process for calling a new election. Like, it's not like, this is stuff that we cannot go through here in the United States. We can barely get through one election, let alone a whole nother election. Yeah, that would be crazy. And apparently this is really having ripple effects all across Europe. Things can't get done. Uh, France's president, Macron, had this whole plan of things he wanted to implement, but it assumed that Merkel was sort of going to be his partner in crime and that because he himself doesn't have sort of enough clout to to get things done. And so things like Brexit talks and all of that, which is supposed to happen, I read, like, it has this very specific date, like March 21st, 2019 right. or something mm-hmm. like that. So sort of all of Europe 
European politics appear to be on hold until this is sorted out, and they needed things to get moving a while ago, and now they just are waiting. So it's... Uh, Everybody is in chaos right now, apparently. Uh, Great Britain is in chaos. I won't say it's in, it's in as much chaos as Germany, but Theresa May is not very popular right now in, in the United Kingdom. And I'm wondering if it is because the female leaders across the world... And I include Hillary. Clinton. This I, is going to be interesting. Well, I include Hillary Clinton in this in the sense of the way that she thought like Theresa May, not in terms of policy, but in the way she went about things. And in the, in the same way with Angela Merkel, which is they are so pragmatic about how they approach things that we goes back to the friction situation where where they're trying to build consensus, other people don't really want consensus. And that's how Theresa May has been governing. That's how Angela Merkel has been governing. Uh, We saw that America was not ready, obviously, for consensus building. We weren't ready for consensus building during Barack Obama. We weren't ready for consensus building during what would have been a Hillary Clinton presidency. Uh, And now look at where we are right now. And you're seeing that leaders like Angela Merkel or uh, Theresa May are having trouble right now governing because nobody wants to look at ways you can figure out how to work together. Uh-huh. Compromise is not the name of the game in politics. Apparently not. I mean, here, clearly, it, I mean, we are just at different extremes. Right. Opposite extremes, and I guess, I, I mean, I don't know if it makes me feel better that we're, like, not the only ones in the world that are in this situation. But we're the only ones in the world with a stupid leader. Like, am I, am I stupid? I mean, like, not very bright leader. Like everybody else has their own set of like procedural problems. Like we have procedural problems here, but they're but our leaders actually pretty unintelligent. Did you hear and I don't know who said it, but somebody some evangelical was saying that he believes Trump's word over the word of Jesus. Did you hear about this? Oh, oh yes. They said if Jesus came down and said that Donald Trump did, didn't do did X Y and Z, they would have to go back to Trump and ask, ask him. him if that. I said these people are a piece of work. Uh, Lady Gaga <laughs> in the chat room says, "So is, Germ- is Germany's government? I'm going to assume it's does Germany. Do we think that Germany's government is becoming more conservative or less conservative? It looks like." I mean, they they really dislike immigration, so in that way, I don't, conservative. Right. But they just passed marriage equality in Germany. Yeah. So I don't know. And that's something that if you if you look at the last election and you and we, at least from the populism standpoint. It has gone further it, right. It's, it's gone For, further right on economic issues. I would venture to say that sometimes they they don't look at social issues as much. They're not really as invested in social issues as much. Because they're not as attached to a religious text. Right. But when it comes to, so say in this instance, you kick out all the immigrants. As long as the gays are American, they're good with it. Uh, and, and Germany is the same way. As long as they're German, they're fine with whatever happens to the German people in their country. Fine, whatever. Um, but we know that historically... Uh, having a melting pot has worked. Um, and I, I so I, I don't know if Germany is moving in the direction of... I mean, I, apparently, with the number of seats that the far right won in this last election, it would appear that they are moving 
sort of in the same direction as we, we are. are. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, the, I mean, we'll see what happens in the next couple of cycles because I think it, it will either know in the next couple of cycles or it will have phased itself out in the next couple of cycles hmm. where the people start to do that. And, and we, as we go through our elections, too, you'll start to see do people really subscribe to that kind of rhetoric? Um, Donald Trump, John, Donald Trump style rhetoric. We saw we kind of got a little taste of that in, in Virginia. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see what happens in Alabama in a couple of weeks, um, and then 2018. I don't know. Um, we so, yeah, we'll, yeah. Um, back into the tech world, uh, <sighs> an area we don't get to talk about often as well, uh, considering that we cannot function without our devices. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Chelsea. What's going on? Okay, so the FCC is a five-person commission sort of charged with overseeing, regulating uh, radio, television, wire, satellite, and cable. And that wire includes internet. And in 2015, under Obama, we had net neutrality. So that means, like, everybody's website is treated equally. Everybody's website loads as fast. There's nobody that has, like, a fast lane or... There aren't tiers of the internet um, that you can be sold. You can can't be sold like slow, medium, fast, or this. You know, you can you can get video for this price, and you can get your email for this price, and all sorts of craziness like that. It's just been the internet is the same because they they looked at the internet. They determined that it was like a basic need, like water and electricity. But this new um, chairman, Ajit Pai who was appointed by Trump, doesn't believe that the government should be what he calls meddling into a problem that doesn't exist, except a problem is very soon going to exist. He's saying that the FCC has been micromanaging that industry too much. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, yes, yes, remove regulation and allow ginormous corporations to do their thing, and it all turns out well. Gee, what could go wrong? And and, and but that <clears throat> first of all, just just so we're clear, just so we can kind of keep this pretty fair, uh, Ajit but Ajit Pai, mm-hmm. I think that's what his name is, was an Obama appointee uh, at the behest of Mitch McConnell. So you know, this guy isn't like a Trump appointee. He's just a guy who Trump appointed to be chairman of the FCC. So you know, this was probably one of those consensus. Things that Barack Obama said, hey, we, you can have your guy if I get two of my guys. And now this is where we are right now. Um, but this is in line with everything that Republicans believe about deregulation. Yeah. Um, where they, and we talk a lot about it on this show, where they assume the that they make it seem like corporations or in this case uh tech giants like at&t are going to say hey yeah uh we'll do what you say this is just craziness so we're going to you know part of the government or uh pie's reasoning behind getting rid of net neutrality is that it stifled innovation right because at&t who makes seriously like billions a, a month can't possibly invest in, you know, more technology because they don't have the money and resources for uh, innovation. I mean, it's just ridiculous, the the reasons for getting rid of this. And so now it very well could be that, you know, AT&T 
you tr- if you want to get a, um, I, I mean, it's just going to be uh, all broken up. Like if AT, like for example, if this merger happens, AT and T and Time Warner, which we're about to talk about, you can buy a, a satellite package that get, has AT and T and um, uh, Time Warner, and let's just say CNN, which is at the heart of the problem that they're having, is um, it comes with an AT and T subscription. So you could watch CNN at a normal speed, but in order to do that, you'd have to pick AT&T because AT&T owns it. And if you went with another uh, provider um, and you wanted to watch CNN, you may see it more slowly because you don't have AT&T and AT&T is going to punish you by giving it to you slowly. Um, or it's it's just going to it's going to make things more expensive. But it's also going to ripple effect because I was just looking. Uh, I can't remember what country that it was that does that currently does not have any net neutrality rules. And I'm looking at different the different packages that they uh, provide to their you know their constituents or, or, or the uh, the folks in that country. You know, it's like. A messaging package, which includes like WhatsApp and Skype and your and your text messaging um, and your and your um, um, your video chats and different things like that, or your music package, which includes your Spotify and your so Apple. You're going to have to have 42 packages in order right. to get everything that you now. Social package. Could you imagine having to pay for a social package plus a messaging package plus a music package, and in this case, plus a video package uh, and an email package, and they're all different prices, and you're having to go, oh, I can't, I can't afford to have messaging or I can't afford to have email because they're not in the same, um, they're not category. in the same category. Yeah. So now you're having to pick and choose, and you know, it goes back. It's like. It's like Republicans don't under. It's like with healthcare, like they don't care. Like they're like, well, you should be able to pick and choose what you do. I know this freedom, internet yeah. freedom, is yeah. what they're calling it. And you're like, they're free to no. charge us more money. Not only that, but it's also a data thing. Now, uh, they companies can information. They can see what you do and do not want to do, uh, or uh, what you're looking up. Uh, and, and they can decide whether or not they like it or not. They can slow Conceivably, it down. Conceivably, they can, yeah, make sites that they don't like run so slowly that you effectively can't have access to them. Right. And so, um, you know, I think that those are the things that kind of affect us right now, at least as young people in this world. Um, and it's, it certainly will, you know, I, I am... Um, I, we should be well aware at this point that Republicans uh, do not value education. Uh, and so I have a feeling that it is going to stifle, uh, continue to stifle access to um, educational news articles and things that people need access to. Could you imagine being a college student and having to research something, but now you got to pay for it? Do, do are, are universities going to have to pay for specific packages for their students to have? Like, who knows where this can go later on down the road? And I think that's where if you start the snowball now, it's just going to get worse. And I don't think it's going to get any better because it's not like there are a bunch of different Internet service providers and a bunch of different um, cable and satellite providers. They're all basically one and the same these days. They have been um, merging ever since the Telecommunications Act of 92. And so now we just have these giant conglomerates rather than a bunch of different companies who compete and 
you know, when there's only like three or four players in the game, they can kind of get together and essentially fix the prices. And of course, they would say, oh, we would never do that. That's against the law. But really, you just do that with a wink and a nod. And who's anybody to prove that you haven't fixed prices? So I, I, I cannot believe that this is actually going to happen. I think, I, I don't think enough I mean, remember the other times that this has come up, people have been allowed and livid about opposing this, but I see it on social media, but I don't see like the same sort of That's because people don't understand. And I think that's what, you know, for those listening, those watching, like that's what we try to, the the reason we talk about this stuff right now and the way that we do is because like some of the stuff, like when we're coming up with what we're talking about, we're literally sometimes learning as we're Work like Getting we're like it together oh, so we can explain that makes it. a whole lot of sense yeah. and and here's and, and here's why so you know there's a lot of things that we're learning just like you are Scott Brown in the chat room said uh, imagine being rooted to the slow land on a highway because you didn't purchase a prime toll package yeah that's, uh, that's what it's gonna I mean that's really what it is and so I think what's <clears throat> once people start realizing how it is affecting them you know personally you know we always say elections have consequences. Um, and people are starting to see that when it comes to their health care, you know, with 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 this tax bill that's coming out, or at least they're trying to ram through. Um, people aren't going to feel those effects, some of those effects immediately, but some families are going to feel them uh, uh, are going to feel them immediately, especially those um, making fifty thousand dollars or less, and and because uh, they're going to see their taxes increase, and so I think once people start to realize that that it was all just a rouge and a facade, and the Republicans, I don't think do not some care. People, some people are really not going to ever see the light. Like I can understand just... the conser- I can understand the conservative principle that keeping of keeping taxes low. Like I understand why they feel like the government should not do that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with it, but I, I understand on principle, yes. But those people who do not stand on principle, you're just because somebody has an R next to their name, that that's even on the flip side, if it was a Democrat and the Democrat was proposing something that was not designed to help the average person, I mean, it all comes down to what is the purpose of government. Yes, Republicans and Democrats have a different idea about the the role and size, but it seems like we we can't even as a country really figure out what is the purpose of government and then make decisions based on that rather than argue over, you know, about the, you know, net neutrality, right? If we found that the purpose of government is to support the, you know, the middle class person and in, in having as many opportunities um, to achieve as possible. Let's just say that that's simplistically it. We look at this FCC net neutrality thing. See, hmm, if we allow the big conglomerates to make up their own rules about how they charge for internet, is that fostering the ability of the you know middle class to uh, increase their chance of opportunity and, and, and growth? The answer is no. So then that wouldn't fit. Um, But just we don't like regulation for we don't like regulation is just annoying. And that he would also say, uh, Ajit Pai, that this is that the that these companies just have to be transparent. They're like they're going to be transparently screwing you over. Exactly. They're just saying it. They're just blatantly saying it in front of your face now. Like they don't they don't you know, this 
they, they don't give they don't they won't have to care at that point because nobody's regulating them and they get to do all these packages if they want to now you know this kind of stuff is not stuff that because a lot of the big companies um, like AT&T and a couple of these big companies are for net neutrality or at least they say they're mm-hmm. for net neutrality mm-hmm. but once they start seeing dollar signs that's what really matters to them because their shareholders will say well hang on we're about making money and how do we make more of it and and we're going to maybe you know over time if we just slow it down just a little bit people will start getting used to how slow the internet is and every year we're going to slow it down a little bit more but then we're going to add a second tier package onto that if you have, like I have AT&T and there are tiered packages right now in terms of uh, internet speeds uh, with AT&T Uverse so um i don't know which one i have I, I, right now i can't even stream uh See, uh, you know, Star Trek on CBS All Access, <laughs> and I keep trying every week in my house, and I'm missing three episodes behind. So if you're watching, you know, I, it's a it's a really good show. But um, but you know, who says that uh, five six years from now, um, hopefully a Democrat's in the office and we won't have to worry about this. But five or six right, years this from could now, always be undone. You know, or at least in this next year, it's going to get worse. It feels a little like we are the frogs sitting in a pot of water and they're just slowly cranking up the heat so much that you just don't even realize what's going on and the frog gets cooked. But, you know, if you had if you started off with a boiling pot of water and then tried to throw the frog in, it would jump out because it knows exactly that it's hot. But if it's just sitting there to begin with, as the water is heating up, it doesn't doesn't jump out. And that's kind of us right now. We are the frog. Hopefully Democrats, um, I I know a lot of Democrats like Ro Khanna uh, uh, today and and Claire McCaskill, Elizabeth Warren, and a bunch of other Democrats um, are starting to slowly talk about this. But the fact that Democrats weren't talking about this leading up to this, and that's part of the reason why we have not heard about it, is because Party leaders aren't talking I mean, about this it. Not that they shows, haven't been, but this just—I mean, you know—this shows the power of uh, of the telecommunications industry because for months, whenever this issue reared its head, the public was up in arms. Right. I mean, I'm not even sure what other issue has gotten that much attention and passion from people, and still, this is what's going to happen. But this is also Republicans do this every time when they want to pass something. They put it in at the umpteenth hour. Like, this is Thanksgiving week. Nobody's really paying attention to the news during Thanksgiving week. And they're now rolling out um, um, new, or at least Ro- uh, um, Roy Connor. Uh, Ajit Pai is rolling out his proposal. And they're planning on voting on this in the next couple of weeks. Um, during the holiday season where nobody's really paying that much of attention. Except so us. either So either our attention... And I know uh, Lady Goth said our attention is divided right now. Either our attention is going to be on net neutrality or it's going to be on this tax bill. But they're going to try to ram them both through at the same time because we can't pay attention to both. Hmm. And um, and it's and it's it's a really shitty position to be in. And, and I think that's why people have to realize that I don't care who you think. I mean, I, I, I understand, like, you know, being on the side of. Uh, 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 of certain issues, um, whether or not you're on the left or the left or the center left. But if you know that that person is going to be a better legislator or is going to protect you more, if you, that's what it really should come down to. Who's going to protect you more? Is it going to be the, like... Well, they it, thought it was the guy who was claiming to drain the swamp. Yeah, he just 
filled it back up again. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so that's just stuff that you got to look at as going, at least that's what I say going into 2018, which is you got to start looking at candidates. Um, even when, once the primaries are over, yeah. you got to start looking at the last two people standing and who is going to serve you better um, as the candidate. You can't just not vote right. because this is where we end up um, in a situation where we're having to decide which is more important. Our, our access to f- uh, uh, free um, information or our access to um, better... Um, I mean, uh, yeah, actually, just when, with you saying that, like, why aren't we talking about giving universities um, free internet or all of us free internet? Right. I mean, okay, I don't know how some, secure some that... Some do. Some, some states do have towers throughout their cities that have free internet. I mean, that... Universities as well. Yeah, expand the access to the internet, not reduce it. And our only sort of potential heroes in this story that are big enough to counteract the AT&Ts are, you know, the Googles and the Facebook uh, that are sort of on the people's side of this uh, net neutrality issue. Yeah. I we'll mean, see. they, yeah. So, <laughs> Google's got their own phone, so, and their own internet. So eventually, they'll be one they'll of be them. They'll be one of them. Um, and Amazon's taking over everything, so they can pretty, they, you know, it's, it's more like we don't want them there first. And then it goes really smoothly into the next story about the Time Warner and AT&T merger. Right. I mean, this is exactly the thing <laughs> that is, you know, we, we uh, let these companies merge and then they change the rules and then there's only two or three of them standing and they get to decide the prices on everything. Right. And so one of the things about this is it's really interesting because a few years ago, uh, back in 2011, if you remember, uh, Comcast acquired NBC Universal, which was huge. I mean, that's that. I mean, uh, yeah. NBC Universal used to be owned by some Japanese company at one yeah. point and, and like GE and a couple of other companies. I remember, because gro- I've grown up in LA my whole life, you know, the building, you know, it used to just say NBC, NBC and it and had the colorful peacock on it. And then some years later, it said NBC Universal in place of the peacock. And then now 2011, NBC Universal Comcast. It, yeah. Uh, it's just a ginormous conglomeration of, you know, media holdings that now need other or other companies feel that they need to merge together in order to compete against that. Right. Like, I mean, I, I used to work for Universal. So, I mean, I saw that big building with Comcast Universal or uh, Comcast NBC Universal on it every day. Um, but like on, on one end, I can see how much money Universal Comcast pumped in to rebuilding experiences for people at, at the theme parks, at Universal Parks and Resorts. Like, I could see that. You could see... I'm sorry, but I really don't care about that. No, no, that. what I'm, I'm saying from a, from a consumer standpoint, you can see how they pumped money into something to make it better. It was that an investment. Not, I mean, it was an investment. I'm saying that, like, yeah, they, they increased the value of property in Universal. You saw Harry Potter come. You saw, I mean, I was just talking earlier before the show that... You saw Star Trek. You see what Disney is doing, how they pretty much bought everybody. So it's trying to compete against these Disneys, and, and everybody's trying to compete against each other um, um, with Star Wars land coming at so, Disney World and stuff like that. So then they're so. just consolidating to own everything, and we're, we're having fewer and fewer. I mean, I first learned about this in a documentary called Misrepresentation, which is you know, a, about the way that we, m- women are portrayed in the media. And it explains really clearly how we used to be. And, I mean, everybody, like, imagine all these, you know, channels, 
networks used to be independent of each other. And then they start being joined up, consolidated, consolidated, until literally now there are three companies that own everything. I mean, we talked about this, like this is true in a lot of industries, like there's all flavors of beer, but actually you look to see and they're pretty much all owned by one or two um, companies. And this consolidation of power has never been good for people. And so I can't believe I'm going to say this. But Donald Trump has said that he is against this merger because it's not good for the people. And I agree. But Donald Trump is not interested in this merger, as we've come to find out. At least the Justice Department won't admit it publicly, because AT&T refuses to sell CNN off, which is which Time Warner owns CNN. Obviously, this White House is not a fan of CNN. They are blocking this merger because they want to stick it to CNN, which has stuck it to them for the past year. And that is, I mean, you know. Well, that's a good, that's a running theory. The other, you know, theory is that they just see that this company would be too large. And it actually would be too large. But, you know, the fact that they've said you've got to divest CNN, like they they picked specifically one. Is you you showed your your cards. You showed your, and, and a lot of the, it's been really interesting because a lot of judges have been, I've never, and I don't know, you know, you're a lawyer. I've never seen judges take so much of what people actually say or tweet about or say in statements into account in their rulings as they have this administration. They have used Donald Trump's words against him to block so many different things from happening. If AT&T, which I believe is going to countersue the Justice Department. They have, yeah. Yeah, goes back and says, well... This is why they don't want us to set, to merge is because they've said this, 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 and this, and the judge is going to look like that and go, I don't know, dude. Yeah, you can't you can't be saying that kind of stuff, and I'm going to let this merger go through. Like that's that's where they could be in this point. I mean, I I don't I don't want this merger to go through. Um, do I think it's going to ultimately go through? Yes. Why? Because as this thing heads for trial, it is believed that the head of the antitrust department in the Department of Justice um, wants to keep his you know, options open to go to the other side and make a sh- ton of money on the other side. So you know, a lot of these regulators, they leave the government and then jump ship and become lobbyists for, you know, in this case, an AT&T or Time Warner, and they have a major payout. But this guy will sort of block his own ability to make more money when he leaves, if he actually goes to trial on this and wins. I wonder if, because we were talking about Sinclair Broadcasting earlier, Mm -hmm. I wonder if Sinclair has anything to do with this merger blocking. Because Time Warner is not, Time Warner and NBC, they were, I mean, you could kind of feel where they were leaning towards in the last election. Like, Sinclair Media is a conservative media group that just, it's in every, not every household, but it's in a lot of households across the country. Uh, John Oliver did a really great story or his little spiel. Last week tonight, yeah. Yeah, on Sinclair. And it is definitely worth watching. Yeah, so I mean, like, I would be interested to know if Sinclair's like, we don't want that to happen because, I mean, AT&T is the nation's largest internet and telephone provider. It also owns DirecTV, which is the largest satellite provider. 
you know, and it's and you know, for those that don't know, Time Warner owns HBO and Warner Brothers and Turner Broadcasting and CNN and TNT. Like, it would be huge. But if you're Sinclair and you're looking over there, like, uh, that might be that might be encroaching too much because we want to be in all the households. I mean, and I they would might like, shut us out. I would like for this to uh, not go through, and then for you know the D- Justice Department to go. You know, breaking out, breaking down other monopolies. That would be a much better use of the. But you know that this Justice Department is not going to be breaking up any monopolies. I mean, this is the Trump Jeff Sessions. The only, the only. I feel like the only way they would go after other businesses is if Donald Trump felt like his business was being was being backed up into a corner. If it was going to affect his business, he would have his Justice Department go after other businesses. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that, I mean, that's the reality that, is that, like, I, it makes sense. This is why, sense. you know, we looked at Mitt Romney and we were like, well, he was a businessman, but he wasn't like, he was, he did not own a bunch of business. Like, you know, he wasn't invested, he was invested in a bunch of businesses, but he didn't have his name all over businesses. He was not going to be using his business as a money laundering scheme as <laughs> Donald Trump is doing uh, in this administration. I mean, he's on his like 92nd trip at Mar-a-Lago, or at least to a Trump property right now, uh, which is, you know, going home for Thanksgiving week, but 92 days out of the, you know, 300 something days that you've been in office is a lot. Yeah. What are you doing? Not much. Um, not, you're not I mean, doing a lot. Sometimes it's good that not doing a lot. Yeah. But here's one of those things where, you know, the Justice Department may be doing the right thing, but for the wrong reasons. Right. And it looks like they're doing it for the right reasons. And that's how people get duped because nope, everybody sees. Well, just because I see, just because I believe that there's probably ulterior motives for their reason to block this, I still hope they block it. Right. I mean, but you want them to do it for the right reasons. I mean, <laughs> you know? with this administration, as you know, I don't even I, I, I guess at this point, I don't even care about that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens with this merger. I mean, it's, I, it, I it, thought for sure you were going to to be on the side of the merger happening. I, I am a little bit more on the side of doing what's right first than I am on people getting a payout first. Do you so, know what I mean? So like, what do you think is right in this situation? Uh, I think that allowing a process to happen is correct. I think that if they get to a point and it d- is not a fair deal, then yeah, you don't go through a fair deal. But at least it gave fair these two... Fair to who, though? I mean, f- fair to all the parties involved. Well, I mean, they want this deal. Both of them stand to make a lot of money. The question is, is it fair to the American people? Right, but the justice... That's what I'm saying. If it's fair... If if people start to look at it and go, uh, that's not fair to the American people, like Donald Trump says, then yeah, maybe that's not the right way to go. On the other hand, if they're not doing it right, I have a, I have more of a problem with that than with pro, with with the process not being fair than I do the other side first. So for you, the process matters. Process or, matters, or not even just the process, the reasons behind policy decisions matters more well, than I mean, the actual decision. Uh, I mean, in some cases, yeah. I mean, a business is a business, and people are going to make their decisions on business at the end of the day. And and I think that, you know, if, if Time Warner and eight, I mean, look, like I said, Comcast, NBC, Universal is doing fine. Well, you know? of course. Of course they're doing <laughs> I mean, fine. Like, I mean, like, and I they're mean, making, like, a, crap they're making a crap ton of money. And our cost actually, of living Universal, goes up actually, all the time. It's like Universal, is, Universal Parks and Resorts is not doing that well right now. 
Uh, well, yeah, because nobody has the money to pay for all this because our cable bill's so high or the satellite bills, you know. <laughs> Either that or, freaking, or, you know, or they're too busy giving tax cuts to rich people. Right. Um, this, is, this just ultimately doesn't make sense. When, when you clear out the middle class's um, discretionary spending because you've charged them so much for necessities like Internet, you're going to ruin the economy. 70% of the economy is based upon consumer spending. What, what are they going to spend if they have spent all their money on 42 different packages so that they can have all of the internet access that they currently have? Yeah, I can't imagine what Microsoft and Apple and a couple other people will eventually be doing uh, down the line. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be talking about, uh, or at least watching this, and, and we'll revisit at some point um, over a, as this case continues to um, unfold. Uh, next week, we've got Executive Director of Vote Vets uh, here to discuss uh, their efforts to combat uh, and tame this White House, as well as the President of, the Californ- of a California Democratic Organization to talk about uh, the recent string in and the Democrats' sexual harassment problems. Um, it's a little crazy. Um, I mean, even I live in the Assembly District 39, and I know that both of the organizations that I um, am, am a member of have called for the immediate resignation of um, Assemblyman Bocanegra. Uh, who Do you don't has, think it's good enough that he's going to resign in September? You want um, to resign I be- now? I believe that the consensus was that he is unable to fulfill his duties, uh, or at least in a in a in a way of representing people um, and that people would prefer him to step down. Um, but we had to know this was coming. This couldn't be like we shake this tree and we only have, you know, one party's right. bad apples oh, yeah. fall but, out. But apparently, apparently, even with Al Franken and a couple other Democrats, apparently, what's his name, um, Roger Stone knew that that story was coming out before anybody else knew and it, that he had said it was going to come out. And so people are starting to look into how Roger Stone knew X, Y, and Z and what was coming out. Um, I wrote an article. You can check it out on Medium. Medium.com. Uh, it's, uh, I, I, I title it, Are You There, America? It's Me, the Democrats. <laughs> uh, yeah, so check it out. Um, Medium.com. I, I tweeted it out, so if you follow me on Twitter, you can check it out there. Um, as always, we love viewer and uh, listener feedback, so continue to leave your comments and thoughts on the show about anything you heard today, especially some of these um, things we talked about, FCC, Time Warner Merger, um, anything that's happening around the world. Uh, a lot of shows right now are going on hiatus, on winter hiatus, um, so be sure to check in on what to put on your DVR with the AfterBuzz DVR report, and be sure to follow AfterBuzz TV on all social medias to find out when your favorite shows are on. And join us for our last show of 2017 next week. No, not next week. we got well, we've got two Wait. more is left. it? Oh yes, we've two. Got next week, and then we've got the big, <gasps> the big yes, year interview. Th- for d- some reason, in my mind, we were like December fifth was next week. <laughs> She's ready for Christmas, right? Probably. Okay, two, Ooh, two, two shows. Two. Check out the Trump report right after this. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 